What is the lowest amount of money Utah would accept from the Pac-12 on their media rights deal on a year-to-year basis? We're talking about it on today's Locked On Utes. You are Locked On Utes, your daily podcast on the Utah Utes. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello, everyone, and thank you for making Locked On Utes your first listen every single day. We are available on all platforms, including YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. Appreciate you guys, as always, for supporting our show. If this is your first time listening to us, make sure you guys like, subscribe, and leave a comment as well. Try to get to as many of those as I can. You can follow us on social media at Locked On Utes. My personal handle is at JT Wistersill. My name is JT Wistersill, former intern inside the University of Utah Athletic Department. And on today's show, we're going to be talking about the different outcomes that could come out of a Pac-12 deal, or if one doesn't happen, if Utah ends up leaving, just all the different outcomes that could come out of this media fiasco we're kind of dealing with, media rights deal fiasco, I should say, when we're talking about what the Pac-12 is kind of going through in Utah involved as well. We'll also talk about uh, Utah Athletics naming their 2023 Hall of Fame class, but but first, I want to start with a question. This is a Q&A episode. We'll try to do these weekly. So if you guys do have a question you want answered on the show, make sure you guys mes- message it in via YouTube and the Twitter comments. There are just a lot of ways you can get it to me. Basically, make sure you send them in, and we'll try to get to them all on Friday's show. So this week, there was one sent in to us that asked, what do you think the lowest the Utes could accept for the media rights deal from the pack? And honestly, I, I think it's a really interesting question, right? Because look, this is where the negotiations and everything comes into, right? This question literally decides whether or not Utah stays in the conference they've called home for over 10 years now, or if they go on the move to, let's say, maybe it's the Big 12. Maybe it's another, maybe it's, look, like I said, if it's not Utah, it's probably the Big 12 for the short term, right? That's why I still feel like they're going to end up in the Pac-12 and then super conferences. We can get into that stuff when we get into that stuff in the future. That's been rumored before. But just getting back to the question, what do you think the lowest the Utes could accept for the media rights deal from the Pac? I think if it's any, like, 20 million is definitely where I think, like, if that was where the Pac-12 media rights deal came in at, it's 10 million lower because the Big 12 is 31 million per year. So I have a hard time believing the Pac-12 members would be like, yeah, let's take 10 million less than the big 12. That's where I feel like Utah and its mem and the other members of the PAC 12 would look elsewhere. I just don't see them settling for 10 million yet less. So, and then when we kind of go down from there, like 9 million less, 8 million less, like where does that kind of, where's the number, the stopping point for them? I do believe they would accept 5 million less, or I'd say 6 million. Cause I put 25 million there. So big 12 is 31 million per year. Their conference signed the 2 billion meteorites agreement deal that they came to. And it's 31 million per year. I thought I saw, might've saw something that it might be growing as well, but I couldn't confirm that. Um, in what I was trying to look up in before I recorded this to prep for the show. So either way, 31 million per year, I do think the PAC 12 would do 25. I think that's where I feel like they'd be okay settling for 6 million and under less i just feel like there is still something look being a part of your own conference is still something and i should say that's where i think utah would still be willing to stay in the pack because i think just staying in a conference where you have a great chance to be competitive continue to grow your own personal brand and utah would have a chance to do that too in the big 12 but it's not that's not always an easy transition once again we haven't really seen anything like these kind of lateral in a way transitions like a 
USC is going to be making, like a UCLA is going to be making when they go into the Big Ten. And those aren't even lateral, honestly, because I do think it's going to take a little bit. USC schedule for 2024 dropped. It is brutal. They got LSU, Notre Dame in the non-conference, and then that's not even getting into the Big Ten slate they're going to have to play. Like, it is a brutal schedule for them. So I think it's going to take time for them. Anytime you change conferences, it does take a little bit of time. So that's where if you're Utah and you do, do just decide to, hey, stay in the Pac-12, that's where I think that you can just continue to have your normal success versus if you make that change, you're dealing with new coaches, traveling to new areas. It's a new recruiting footprint a little bit so that you might lose some recruits that you might have had you been playing more West Coast teams and you might gain some new ones now that you're going down and playing in Texas more and some of the other Big 12 regions as well. So that's where I there's so many factors that make this so interesting overall. But I really think the lowest they would accept just talking it out right now, I really think it would be like, I think they'd be okay with 8 million. As I mentioned, there's just a lot that goes into changing conferences. So I really think if it came in at like 23 million, I still think they would do it nine or 10. I think that's a no way, but I think like anywhere from that five to eight range is, is where they would be like, all right, it's still best for us to stay together. We know what this is. And the other thing too, is stay together in the short term. And then also see where the future of college football is heading. As I've mentioned before, there's a lot of people, myself included, who think we're probably headed for a super conference eventually anyways. And I think a lot of people, when I say super conference, everyone, and I'm sure there'll be some of the comments since I've already brought it up already, always go like, how is Utah going to get included in that? Well, there are some super conference projections that project there to be two conferences that have 25 teams. I've seen some that have 30 teams in there. I've seen some that literally include almost every power five team, but I looked up seven different major websites when they project projected super conferences utah was included in all seven of those projections so i do believe whatever version of a super conference we would see i believe that utah would be included in that version of it so that's why i think utah and the other schools in the pac-12 might want to just re-up with the conference for the short term and then kind of go and then kind of go from there so just answering the question if the media rights deal is under for me like i said what I, what i think they will view is if it's anywhere between that um, and I, I kind of feel a similar way as them too. I just feel like if it's anywhere between that eight million, like in closer range to what the Big Twelve does, I, I think they would stay. If it's anything before that, they would fall. So if the media rights deal is under, I'll say twenty-one million for sure. I think just ten million lower is a bad look. That's where I think that Utah would try to leave, and I think they would not be the only ones either. I think the Arizona schools. I think you'd see Colorado, you'd see Washington, you'd see Oregon, you'd see all those other schools that have been kind of rumored to be looking to make it or potentially looking to go elsewhere that we've seen. I, I still know it's hard to believe there's so many rumors, so much information flying out there, but there's definitely like those would be kind of the six schools, right? The four corner schools and then Washington and Oregon would be the most sought after from everything we've seen reported, right? We've seen the big 12 trying to get those corner schools to come over. We heard rumors, the big Ten that Washington and Oregon wanted to join the big 10 and were shot down in the short term. I, th I think eventually in the long term they'd be a pretty quick adds to the conference. If maybe instead of a super conference, they went for like a lighter expansion. We're just adding like four teams. I think Washington and Oregon would definitely get in in that scenario. And as I mentioned, like for Utah to the big 10, it would take a bigger expansion in order for the Utes to be allowed. But this is where it becomes really interesting, right? What did Mark Harlan, what is Mark Harlan, the president, everyone involved with Utah, and the university and the athletics, what would they want to do? What would be an acceptable number for them? At the end of the day, all we can do is speculate because we're not Mark Harlan, obviously. We're not in that room and we're not uh, the president and everyone else making these decisions, right? But I really do believe, I think, like I said, even if I talk, as I talk about like the 8 million one, they still might, might not think that's good enough and they may go to the big 12 in that scenario. They may look to find another conference home, whatever that may be, but I really say, I think if they, they want to stay together, that's everything they've said. There's a reason these schools haven't left yet, right? Even all the rumors with Colorado, Colorado's still there, unless by the time this comes out tomorrow, something happened, Colorado left. But I, I find that highly unlikely, as I've talked about multiple times on this show now. So I really do think that the lowest that uh, Utah would accept is right around that kind of like, I think even if it's like, 
24, 20, like I said, 23, 24, 25 million. I, I still think that Utah would stay because I think there's a lot of benefits to being in the Pac-12 still where you're staying with your, where you're familiar with everyone too. And I think whatever the media rights deal is, I really think they should prioritize the short term and look if there is an expansion to try to do what's best for them. Because I do think if there is an ever, if there's ever a way to get into the big 10, that is what Utah should want to do. I know there's a lot of people who are like, it's so unrealistic for Utah fans to think that well, once again, if we do see a super conference, it gets a lot less realistic because then a ton of teams get added and you should want to be in the strongest conferences. That is the big 10. And that is the sec. It's hard for me to see the sec reaching out all the way over to Utah. Just geographically doesn't make as much sense, but the big 10 opened that up by adding UCLA and USC bigger brands for sure. But that's like I said, when the pool of the teams you're welcoming gets op- like bigger op- has a bigger opening, basically, when there's more room for teams, that's where I think Utah will have a chance to get in. So going to be interesting to see. But once again, I think I would say if it's under if the deal is under 21 million, then Utah should definitely try to move. And I think the lowest that they would accept is kind of that 22, 23 range. But I think at even more so, I feel even stronger saying I think if, if it's 25, I think any 25 above is where I feel really confident that they'd stay. But I could still see them saying for a little bit of less just because of the media stuff as I discussed. But it's going to be interesting to see how it all plays out for sure for Utah and the Pac-12. We're going to continue to talk about some media rights related stuff in a moment. But first, I want to talk to you guys about our friends at Bird Dogs. As I lost my graphic for a second, bear with me. There we go. Okay, Bird Dogs make you look good. Bird Dog stretchy cabric khaki fabric shorts are designed to fit slimmer through the thigh and leg giving you a truly sculpted look bird dog shorts do the exact same thing as lululemon but fit way better they fit way better than regular shorts that are made of a stiff restricting cotton bird dogs fixed fixed this issue by inventing cloud knit fabric that looks just like khakis but stretches so good you get a slimmer fit without having to sacrifice movement Bird Dogs use an anti-stink sweat wicking fabric that keeps you cool and dry all day and night. Guys, I love Bird Dogs. I use them to do everyday activities like just hanging out with friends, going to the movies. I've recorded this podcast in Bird Dogs. There's lots of different stuff you can do with Bird Dogs. They're an exceptional product, extremely comfortable too. I've only had mine for like two or three weeks now, and they have already become my favorite shorts just because of how comfortable they are. So you guys want to see if what I'm talking about is true. There's only one way to find out, and that's to go to Bird Dogs yourself. And if you do it, you can get in on a deal. If you go to birddogs.com slash college and enter the promo code Locked on college, you can get a free Yeti style tumbler with your order. That's birddogs.com slash locked on college for a free Yeti style tumbler. You won't want to take your bird dogs off. We promise. So once again, go to birddogs.com slash locked on college and enter that promo code locked on college, all caps, no spaces to get in on that great deal from our friends at bird dogs. All right. Keeping it going. We are now going to talk about, um, this is a Q and a focused episode. So we're once again, taking your guys' questions. I thought this one was kind of rhetorical from, um, another a fellow JT, uh, this one JT in my YouTube comments as he just simply goes by, he said, wouldn't that be something to all the Utah and PAC 12 haters? If the PAC 12 got a shocking blockbuster of a media rights deal out of left field that no one saw coming. Number one, that would be absolutely shocking, right? If Utah came in higher than the big 12, if they did the Pac-12 presidents, we talked about the quote from the Arizona president, right? He said, like, we're not expecting to catch the Big Ten and SEC, nor should they. But I still think there is there must be some optimism amongst them if they're even saying something like that, that maybe they can get above the Big 12. Do I see that happening? No, just because the Big 12 is first to the table. They got ESPN, all those slots pulled there. Um, they got with Fox as well, I believe. So it just doesn't seem like there's as much room for them right now. So that's where I would be surprised. They end up making more. But once again, never say never. What if one of these streaming services really doubles down? What if ESPN and ABC see the value of some of these games being on their late night network as marquee matchups? That's something that's also possible. So 
That's where I still think that there's a chance it could come in higher than the Big 12. Would I bet money on it? No. But do I think if you're telling me it happened, am I falling out of this chair? No, because also we've just seen how crazy this stuff can get, right? And no one thought that USC and UCLA would be going to the Big Ten. No one thought that Texas and Oklahoma would leave the Big 12 and go to the SEC. This is the world of college athletics we live in. Crazy stuff and situations can play up and happen. And companies like Apple and Amazon, I mean, we know how much they're valued for. They got money to burn if they want to try to dip their toe in college football. Doing so with some Pac-12 schools might be the way to try it out at first. And as I mentioned, maybe the combination of them plus an ESPN plus whoever else could emerge late in the game would push them over the edge and then Give them more than the Big 12. I'd be shocked if it happened, but I think there's definitely a chance at it too. But it does raise an interesting question. Once again, just in that question, talking about like all the outcomes that could happen. So let's walk through a little bit, a couple of them, and just kind of see where it takes Utah. So first, the one that I still believe is the most likely is that Utah and the other Pac-12 schools, they re-up with the conference on a short-term deal. And I think if that were to happen, then I think it would be somewhere in between four to six years. I think there might be some options for um, easier exits. Maybe there wouldn't be, but I just, I feel like there would be because I feel like all these conferences are kind of viewing the PAC 12 a little bit as a stepping stone in a way to try to eventually set themselves up for success in the big 10 or potentially the sec, because why do all these schools want to get into those conferences? Because those are the conferences currently set up for the most success with how strong those teams are with the way that the media rights and everything works. Those are the ones that everyone wants to pay to see. So that's where I just feel like everyone's goal is to eventually get to one of those conferences. And that's why I have a hard time seeing like a Washington and an Oregon doing a deal that would tie them to the PAC 12 for the next 20 years. I mean, even a 10 year deal would surprise me. I really think it's going to be somewhere in that four to six year range, maybe 10 years, but even that would surprise me. So I really still think the most likely is Utah stays in the PAC 12 on a short term deal. And you know, it really sucks for the PAC 12. I'll say is that, Maybe it doesn't suck, but I think in some ways it's going to hurt them this year that they could really cannibalize themselves with. We talked about earlier this week how many teams are, should win over eight games or are projected to by our friends at FanDuel. And it's just one of the reasons the Pac-12, I feel like, is in this position. It isn't as valuable as they haven't had a team win the college football playoff. They haven't even had a team make the championship game since Oregon did it back in the first year was it, it invented in 2015. Like that's where, when you look at like why all these other teams and brands are bigger, right? The Alabama's like, yes, Notre Dame, there's a lot of that history, right? But there's also something to be said, like if you're winning championships recently, think about what Georgia football, like what their brand and the level they're at right now. Like if the PAC 12, if USC, um, I know they'll be leaving, but USC is just one of the teams. Like if they had been winning more, I think the conference would be viewed a little differently if the Pac-12 had more than two teams that ever made the college football playoff because that's what it was that one of those Washington teams got in, in like 2018, I want to say. Actually, it was before that. It was like 2016, I'll even say, I think. And then uh, we talked about that Oregon team with Mariota. Like since it's been crickets from Pac-12 teams, they've gotten close. There was that one year if Utah had beaten Justin Herbert's Oregon team, they would have gone in as a one-loss conference champion at the time. Oregon mopped the floor with them in that game. Therefore, no one from the Pac-12 got in. We've seen other years. USC looked like this year they might be on a path to eventually get in. They squeaked out some early wins, but then they lost to Utah, of course, um, not just once but twice. If USC had won that game, they would have gotten in over TCU, who lost their conference championship game. I think they would have rewarded um, USC because they had a, a not as bad a loss, I would say, with TCU had kind of flirted with danger all season. You would put a USC team in that avenged their only loss of the season 
and it was to a really good team that hasn't lost a true home game since 2018 in that Utah team, I think they would have gone in over a TCU team that just lost their conference championship game. We know the committee places a lot of value on conference championships, and TCU wouldn't have had one. USC would have had one. You also want to put the team in that's playing the best right now while taking in their overall resume, and I think that would have been USC by default there. So that's, once again, just all these crazy scenarios have played out that have prevented the Pac-12 getting a team in. That's it's really been crazy to look at and seeing everything. And now they're in this position where the conference has been devalued. Part of that's the media rights deal. But once again, part of that is them not performing in some of these bigger games, their record in bowl games, all that kind of stuff has really hurt them in the past too. So that's just something where overall the PAC 12's perception and brand has taken a hit. And that's why I can't see Utah or any of these schools wanting to be like, yep, let's tie us to the PAC 12 for 10 years. Maybe that changes. Maybe everything goes great in four years. Maybe super conferences don't happen. And everyone's like, no, you know what? I think this is where we want to be. And then they would re up for 10 to 20 years in, in that four after the four to six year time frame if everything were to go right. But once again, that's just not how I see it uh, happening. Let's say, uh, some of the schools decide to leave the Pac-12. Let's do the next arrow. So some of these teams in the Pac-12 decide to leave for the Big 12. And if that would happen, I really believe if the conference imploded, like I just believe Utah would go to the Big 12. I really believe that. I think the Big 12 would want Utah. The Big 12 is trying to survive right now and set themselves up for long-term stability. They do not want to have, if the Pac-12 were to collapse, they do not want them to, that to happen to them. I think the best way to do that is to continue to expand. We've heard Commissioner Marker continue to say he wants to expand, and I think it would make sense adding those four corner schools to make yourself stronger. I also think the nice thing that a school like Utah would provide, and why the Big 12 would want them, is it gives them the BYU rivalry back, which I think does has the marquee and the potential to be a big rivalry game that, because it's been played in non-conference and kind of so early on in the season, has been kind of slept on a little bit by the national audiences. I think putting on a rivalry weekend could add some spice to it and get people really excited about it. And the other thing too, is you're adding a team that in that scenario, if the Pac-12 imploded, I do believe Oregon and Washington would be big 10 bound. You have a team in Utah who just beat Oregon and Washington in Pac-12 championship games. Who's proven to beat some of those big teams who went toe to toe with Ohio state in a Rose bowl. And I know Ohio state didn't have some guys too, but the, they went toe to toe with them. And Utah also was down uh, some of their top. Who, what's the name of the guy I was thinking of? There was someone in a, uh, Utah's secondary, who was, well, just, I mean, they had all their corners, or I mean, Mackay Bernard was out there playing corners, so that was kind of the big one, too, part of the reason we did still saw Jackson Smith and Jigba go out there and be able to eat, right, but either way, so I really do think if Utah would be forced to leave the Pac-12, I think they would end up in the Big 12, and I think the Big 12 would take them. I know oh, there are some of you in the comments who think that fans and the negative reaction of Pac-12 fans who or Utah fans, you've said that have been snobby and resistant to joining the Big 12. Commissioner Yormarker and his staff don't care. They want to do what's best for the co conference. They don't care about a couple of Pac 12 or Utah fans saying, like, oh, we're too good for the Big 12. They want to do what's best for their conference. And I truly believe that's adding a program like Utah that's in an upward trajectory, give you a corner school, and once again, just put you in position for future success in college football because this Utah brand is hitting its stride at the right time and does have some nice history to go along with it, too. So, and they want to continue to expand just like these other conferences are trying to expand a little bit, even if they're easy off the expansion for now so that's another thing there and i think the last one just to bring up is some people have said like what if the big 12 wouldn't take them what i still don't think is possible then if utah was sitting there i still think i think there's a chance even the acc if the acc is trying to survive and the way to do that is to continue to add teams and not let them get absorbed by the other conferences that's kind of the world we're in there's a chance utah would go there Utah has not fallen back down to the Mountain West. I'm sorry, just with the way they're recruiting out right now, with the position the brand has been stronger in. As I've said multiple times, numerous other sites and outlets continue to say the same thing. Show me the outlet or the site that tells me that 
that's like at that level, like a high level outlet that tells me Utah's in danger of falling back to the Mountain West Conference. To me, it's just been stirred up by rival fans, um, some of the Big 12, some BYU, all that, who just want to see Utah fail. They're not going to fall back in that regard. So even if the Big 12, for some reason, wouldn't take them, I believe they would still find a place, whether that was maybe if Oregon and Washington go to the Big 10, maybe you maybe the Big 12 would or excuse me, maybe the Big 10 would be like, uh, let's maybe let's take Utah, too, if they don't feel like the Big 12. Big 12 wants them. Maybe they would feel like Utah could still bring something into them. Maybe they, I said the ACC. So once again, I, but I'd be shocked if the Big 12 didn't take them. So this is where we're just kind of getting into all the different theories and the crazy stuff. So it's going to be interesting to see how it all plays out, but there are a lot of different options. And uh, I'm sure we will be continuing to talk about this until the media rights deal is closed out, which still seems like we could be a little bit away from. I'd like to believe it'll be wrapped up by the time this podcast is done. Um, not by the time this podcast, but by the time June is done, but at the same time, I mean, I also thought this would be done in March and April, and uh, here we are right now on June 8th as I'm recording this, and we're still dealing with the fallout of it. So it's going to be interesting to see how it all plays out. Uh, something that was really exciting to see was uh, Utah named their Hall of Fame class for the 2023, and this is just the University of Utah athletics in general. And they we're going to break down kind of like the individual accomplishments of each of these. Some of them are teams, some of their programs. We'll talk about them more like on a future episode, but just telling you guys the names and the programs that got in right now, the 2008 football team for obvious reason for what they did against Alabama that year, the 2006 women's basketball team, which made it to the elite eight. You get Dr. Chris Hill, of course, the athletic director served with Utah for 31 years, helped them get them into the PAC 12, put their athletic positions in so many great positions. And then some of the players you get Sony Adams, as well as a few others, you get Annabeth Eberly. I apologize if I butcher any of these names. I tried to look up pronunciations before we go. Um, Ank. Friedrich is another one that got in. Amanda Mergert also was in. And Hono Matala, who was a basketball player with the team for a long time. So, um, and we get basketball, cross country, skiing, gymnastics, the sports for those, uh, and women's basketball too, the sports for the athletes. I just rattled off. I apologize to anyone if I mispronounce those names. As I said, I tried to write a little pronunciation guide on the side, but, uh, Heat of the moment, sometimes we crumble, right? So I do apologize if I mispronounce any of those, but a great honor for all these, for everyone named in this list for the Hall of Fame class. This is an incredible honor, and they all deserve to be recognized. We'll dive into the specific reasons why on a future episode of Locked On Utes, but anytime you can make it to the Hall of Fame, and each of these members and teams are more than deserving for what they accomplished during their time as Utes up on the hill. So something, definitely something exciting that these members and teams get to go into the Hall of Fame. It'll be cool to see them get recognized. I believe that's sometime in a ceremony in the fall is when Utah usually does it as well. So uh, either way, cool to see that Utah Athletics has announced their 2023 Hall of Fame class. That is going to do it for today's edition of Locked On Utes. We'll be back with you next week talking more conference realignment, I'm sure, what Utah should do in the aftermath of it, talking recruiting, still some football talk as always, and whatever else we want to throw in. And if you guys want to hear us talk about anything, once again, make sure you guys hit us up. It's not just Friday's Q&A. I take your guys' feedback into talking about like setting the tone for what I want to talk about on my setting the tones more of a football where so I'll just say um, just deciding like what I want to talk about in the week. If I feel like that's a really good topic, I'll leave my show with that. Just like I did today with uh, one of the questions that got submitted early on. So we appreciate you guys for listening as always. That's going to do it for this week's edition of lockdown Utes. but we'll see you next week. Have a great weekend.